Okay, so um, today I'd like to talk about essentially, I mean, I'm going to talk about the gospel, but I believe that the gospel gives us data about what's called Christian anthropology, a five-syllable word, anthropology. Never use big words in your homily. Well, I, I eschew that, that counsel completely. Now, some of you just shut down and said a five-syllable word, I'm not going to listen. Um, some of you just said, I wish they passed out the bulletin so I had something to read. But nonetheless, <laughs> anthropology, if many of you know the word, some of you don't. If you don't, it's fine. Don't start, you know. It's not like this, uh, this side probably knows the word. You guys probably don't. <laughs> so just remember the root of anthropology is anthropos, which is Greek for man. And we know an ology is always the study of something, right? So anthropology is merely the, the study of, of man in the inclusive sense, mankind, humankind. Um, so Christian anthropology is... What is humanity? What is the human person in light of Jesus Christ? Okay? And, that, and I believe that our gospel gives us insight into that. Because what we have in the gospel, we have the familiar story of Martha and Mary. Now, Martha was doing what she was supposed to do, she thought, of course. Because when you have a guest, just like in the first reading, when you have a guest, you welcome your guest. You know, you prepare for your guest, you wait on your guest, you serve your... That's what you do. And so Martha was being a good host. She was being welcoming. She was demonstrating hospitality. This is an intentional thing. One of the great things about our parish is how hospitable we are, with the exception of that side of the church, apparently. <laughs> I love you, by the way. I don't want you anybody to feel bad. But, but we're hospitable, and this is an intentional thing. As you know, it doesn't happen everywhere. It, it's not that it couldn't happen, but we have to be intentional about doing it. it. It takes work, right? It takes work to be hospitable. So Martha is working. She's doing all this stuff to show that, you know, Jesus, you are welcome to be here. I want you here. And she's demonstrating that through her actions. And then she's mad at Mary, of course, because she's doing nothing. At least that's what Martha thinks. She's doing nothing. She's not helping me. She's just sitting there. She's just sitting there. And yet, Jesus says that just sitting there is better. Why would that be? Why would that be? This is the question for us. And I believe that the answer goes to the depths of what it means to be a human person in light of Jesus Christ. Because for Jesus Christ, what gives us value, what gives us dignity, is not what we do. It's what and who we are. You've heard about the dignity of the human person, no doubt, and that the church is an advocate, of course, protects the dignity of the human person, seeks to. Where, from whence does that dignity arise? It arises because we are created in the image and likeness of God. It arises because of what we are, not what we can do. So in other words, a person who does more stuff, Martha, does not have more dignity than Mary. They each have equal dignity because of their creation. Now if we extrapolate this into like uh, moral theology and bioethics, when we look at something like abortion, why is abortion always wrong in murder? Because it's always wrong to 
to kill an innocent human person. Not based on what they can do or who they might be, based on their existence itself as created by God, their, their soul created by God. Why, is, uh, why does the church say that euthanasia is wrong? Because it, once again, you're killing an innocent person. And oftentimes the killing of that person, which is, is uh, said to be mercy killing, why is it said to be mercy killing? Because they can't do what they used to do. Because they can't perform in the way they used to perform. Because their suffering to us looks meaningless, when to Jesus it looks altogether different. The human person always has dignity, no matter what they can or cannot do, because of their creation. And so, what's presented to us in Martha and Mary is a distinction between doing and being. Doing and being. What does it, what does it mean to have human dignity? It's not doing, it's being. And how many times in our life have each of us sought to find our value or prove our value or worth through what we do or what we achieve? It doesn't matter what we do, we're not going to improve, if you will, our human dignity. Now morally, in a, in a way, yes, and certainly as we receive the sacraments, but I'll get to that in another homily. And just the basic human dignity, there's nothing we can do to improve that because we already have it. You know, there's a lie that so many of us have believed throughout most of our lives. There's a lie that we've been told. It's a universal lie. And that universal lie is, you are not good enough. And we tell ourselves this, I am not good enough. And we, find, we try to make ourselves feel good enough, again, by doing, by achieving. Well, maybe if I make enough money, then I'll feel better about myself. Then I'll feel good about myself. It never works. Maybe if I have the right job. Maybe if I have a better job. Maybe if I have a better husband. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we seek to <laughs> think that we can improve or fill this hole or respond to this lie that I am not good enough through achievement. And the, the, the problem is the whole thing is a lie. We are good enough. Why are we good enough? Not because of anything we do, but because God has created us. He's the one who gives us value. It's true to say that God cannot love any one of us more than he loves us now. He cannot. How can he? Why is that? Because God is perfect. God cannot do anything imperfectly. This is not a limitation on God to say that God cannot be imperfect. Right? God is without limit and without any imperfection. So God is perfect. If he does anything, he does it perfectly. God loves. He loves perfectly. He cannot love us any less than he loves us. So every single one of us should feel, hopefully, secure in that love. Now, that doesn't mean that God is just happy with us as we are. If we love somebody, we always want that person to be better than they are. Parents, you love your children. There, there's nothing your children could do to, to make you stop loving them. But that doesn't mean you don't want them to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness, 
to be self-sufficient, etc. You desire these things for your children because you know they're, they're perfective of them, that they'll bring them goodness and joy. And so too with God. Yes, He loves us completely and perfectly. He cannot do anything other. But He still desires for us to grow. So this tells us something about the human person because we cannot earn salvation. We cannot do anything to earn more love from God. We already have it. But what it challenges us to do is change our relationship with God from a doing to more of a being with God. You know, why does the Lord command us to go to Mass or to honor the Sabbath, which we find expression as Christians by, by worshiping Him on Sunday uh, through the liturgy? Why does God command this? Number one, it's good for us. It was created for us, the Sabbath. The Lord desires for us to spend time with Him. This is what is expressed in the reality of Mary and Jesus. The better part is that Mary was spending time with the Lord. He just wanted a relationship. All of this busyness, you know, he didn't say it was without meaning or, or total value. But what was better was that Mary was experiencing the Lord, sought to give the Lord more of her time. And therefore, the Lord could dwell with her. And so for ourselves at the Holy Liturgy, the Lord dwells with us by our reception of Holy Communion, by reception of the Word. The Lord is present in, in four ways, actually. First, in the people, in the priest, in the Word, and in the sacrament. Christ makes Himself manifest to us. He simply wants us to give Him access so that He can be with us evermore. This is what heaven will be. This is what heaven will be. It will not be a bunch of Marthas running around doing work. It will be a whole bunch of Marys and hopefully some Johns. <laughs> hopefully some guys will be there too. I know too many men to presume that we're all going to get in, but, you know, hopefully. Hopefully we might also get in. But heaven is a being with the Lord. It's a being with the Lord for all of eternity. This is our practice where heaven and earth unite. And how blessed we are to be here. Please stand.